All right, welcome back to another episode of Nickel for Your Thoughts. Happy New Year's, guys! Hey, let's go! Hey, Season two. Season, Season two, two. That's right. We got renewed. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so we actually have a very special guest today. Andres, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, what's going on, guys? Uh, I'm assuming a lot of the people watching are NJIT fellow students and uh, hopefully might recognize me, although I was super quiet. I went to NJIT. Um, my name is Andres Velasquez from Passaic, and I'm here chatting with you guys a little bit about everything, I guess. I mean, we'll see what we get into today. Yeah, Andres, I think we actually <laughs> met Capstone. So we I don't did. think we had like any other class together, did we? We might have, but I think Capstone is like where, I mean, it's just, the, it's a lot more of an intimate class. So I, I think that that's kind of where we all kind of got to know each other a little bit better. But yeah, it was definitely Capstone. Well, what, uh, you guys, you guys had Capstone before Sarav and I, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Oh, we, actually, no, yeah. We... Pat was actually in my group. So it was uh, me and Pat and Andres. Oh my God. That class is an absolute disaster. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I... I still, I don't even know. What, to be honest, I don't want to say this is already being recorded, but who cares? I got my degree, right? Uh, that's <laughs> something that you guys are talking about, but. No, no, we, we weren't doing that. You know, for all, for legal reasons, he's joking. <laughs> what is it that Vivek says? Uh, standing on the shoulders of giants or something like that? Right, that's a that's a vivid quote. So I, one of I would say hands yeah. down, I think one of the best professors at NJIT. Absolutely, but, Professor um, uh, Professor Kumar, Doctor Kumar. Yeah. Oh yeah, Kumar. Oh. He definitely, he's definitely up there. Yeah. If anything, he's definitely up there with like one of the professors that actually cares about teaching students. Oh, for sure. Smile 100%. as big as his eyes. Oh yeah. So- oh my god. That was not. If you know, you know. <laughs> oh, man. Wait, no, Andres, I, what track did you do? Uh, materials. Oh, okay. you were materials? Oh, yeah. Wait, yeah, so materials. All of us yeah. were materials. Yeah. All right, so we were all materials, but I feel like we only had that one class together. I don't. So I, I, uh, I transferred to NJIT. I, I, didn't, I don't know if gotcha. you guys started there, but I, I transferred from a community college in Passaic. Oh, okay. okay. No, I transferred in too, but like, what what year did you transfer in? I think it was like 2016. About, yeah, 2016. Okay. All semester 2016. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Was that your uh, sophomore year or? So it was, it was weird. It's because, um, like, I, I, when I started, I was studying like exercise science and then I switched over to bio. And then from, I graduated with an associate's in bio and then I went to biomedical engineering. So it was just, you know, I kept losing time because I kept missing classes that I needed to take. So it right. was like my third year almost. I see. I see. Yeah. It's all right. It's okay to start over, you know, try try new things. Dude, it burned me out. Well, I, so Rob, <laughs> I think you said you, you were going, you wanted to be a, go to medical school, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> the dream for most of us. Me too, man. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I feel like that's like half of like biomedical engineers. Like, yeah, I want to be a doctor, but like, if it doesn't work mm-hmm. out, I gotta. That's go exactly what it is. We <laughs> go for. It. I gotta be honest. I thought I was like coming up with this innovative idea. I was like, yeah, this is a good fallback. I mean, to be honest, though, it's very uh, uppity to be like, yeah, engineering is a fallback option where most people use it as like their actual like full time <laughs> career. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
but yeah, um, but do you guys think it's because we had that safety net that kind of didn't push us to doing a uh, pre-med like because we knew like we had a good fallback we relied too much on that fallback and it kind of we kind of lost sight of what we could have been no <laughs> no okay not for me because like starting freshman and sophomore year of college like yeah med school is not the wave it's just not it i'm, I'm not cut off for that maybe in another lifetime when you know i'll do when i do better in academics in another lifetime but until then grad school then i'm done out no more oh yeah I mean, you're going to grad school mm-hmm. well i think are all of us in grad school I'm not going to grad. Yeah, I mean, I I just started. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ours my first day. Hey, first, first yeah, day. I'm I'm graduating this semester from grad school. Sarav, I think next semester. Semester, yeah. Mike and Pat, I think both of you guys are like taking it slow. Yeah, I'm. It's probably gonna take me like three, four years. That's all right. That's fine. Yeah, same here. You know, going part time while working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait, so are you guys going to NGIT right now too for your masters or? So I think it's us three, me, Pat, and Anthony are going to NGIT. Uh, Mike is going to do what, Rutgers, right? Rutgers, New Brunswick, yeah. Don't give me that, man. <laughs> <laughs> Although it's closer to your house, right? I imagine it probably about It is a little bit closer. It's closer to my work, which is what really attracted me to it. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. How you been, Andres? I mean, so what year did you uh, actually graduate? So I... Uh... No, we didn't walk. I don't. I don't think we any of us walked, right? No, no. around the same time. Dude, all right. So real quick, I wanted. Let me just get into that real quick. I wanted to actually file like a class action lawsuit against NJIT because, and I hope they're listening because I'm coming after them. But any, anyway, um, <laughs> it's just like we spend, we pay every year tuition for you know the actual ceremony and stuff like that. So we technically pay. Granted, it didn't happen, right? Like no one predicted this was going to happen. But I think. The only right thing to do if we want to be just in this world is like recompensate us for like whatever money they Mm. didn't spend on like security, police, renting out the arena, like all these things that like, I don't know, no one's, no one really said anything. I was taking screenshots of everyone during the graduate virtual graduation ceremony. I was like, I got to get these people's names because this is. uh, So here's the thing though, Andres, right? Um, My parents are going to kill me because I didn't know about this. But they actually did have a uh, like a makeup walking ceremony. Yeah. Sarav and I only found out because of, um, some friends of ours were in honors college and invited us to like like this honors college like celebration. And when we got on campus, we saw a bunch of people in their gowns like walking to their cars. We were like, <laughs> "Why are you? What What are you guys doing?" They're like, "We We walked today. The, today was the uh, was us was the graduation ceremony." For what class? Class of 2020. Like, <laughs> wow. Wait, do you remember what time of the year this was? It was in the summer. Yeah. It, was still, it was still in the summer of the same year. No, uh, summer of 2021, was it? Yeah, that's what I thought, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, they so, made it from the, the next yeah, year. They, they let us walk with the following year's class. Oh my god, that's ridiculous. Yeah, it was, it, from yeah, what I heard, it, was, uh, it wasn't... It wasn't anything. It was anything good. It was like a half-assed speech by uh, mm-hmm. um, a few people, and then that's pretty much it. So I do remember. Really I think Angel telling me. I think Angel did tell me about that, and he was gonna walk. Yeah, yeah. I heard oh, from people that it wasn't. It wasn't anything to cry home. Mm-hmm. So. It was on. It was on the. It was on campus, right? It was it on the green? Not on the green yeah. on the field. 
yeah, it was at the time where like I think COVID cases went to like an all time low, and so everyone's like, "Yeah, hey, let's just do it all." And then, then um, yeah, it wasn't anything screaming to go back. Home. I just hope we all get stuff in check because I would like to walk for grad school. Uh, it would be nice, absolutely. And Come also, around, right? and also for my sister because she's also graduating from undergrad this semester. Oh, congrats! Uh, I also wouldn't want her to go through that. Yeah. What What did she major? Ah, <sighs> <laughs> international relations and diplomacy. I think it is. Okay. Oh my god. Yeah. That sounds important. It is. It's very important. She's right. doing way better than I ever could. No, come sure. on. We're not uh, manifesting bad energy. No, no. I'm just comparing GPAs. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's different. Well, we did. Well, listen, so. man, I, you know, yeah, that's that's what I was gonna say too, and and that's one of the things I feel like we get a lot of. Um, like instinct instinctively and just like almost like second nature like when someone tar- starts to talk about like gpas i'm like all right well listen you know we are engineering like the degree is harder the classes are harder i still don't understand half the stuff we were doing you know like it's <laughs> it is it is ridiculous so i think like gpa there should be like a gpa for engineers and then it it should be different for like every other major mm-hmm. an engineering gpa versus uh yeah, like and you, and you kill like, and you still can't just separate it by degree, as in like bachelor of science and, and then bachelor of arts, because there are still uh, majors within like a bachelor of science that are easier than others. That's true too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like like civil like well, I don't want to throw any shade. No, don't do that. Don't no, do that. It's terrible. Yeah, the civil engineers oh. they don't, they don't know anything. <laughs> My cousin's a civil engineer. He's he's a really smart kid. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Let me let, let's let's go over that. But yeah. Anyway, let, let me go back to the question you asked me, Mike. Um, I graduated or finished in 2019, end of 2019, and uh, yeah, after that, I just kind of really got into work. So uh, for those of you that are watching and don't know, I'm a real estate agent, and um, yeah, I work in the area of like Passaic, Bergen, and Essex County. So I, I went into NGIT, and I was at the same time kind of transitioning into being a real estate agent at the time too. So, so do you plan on like pursuing some sort of a uh, uh, BME related field career or do you do you prefer to stay in a real real estate? Well, so right now I'm going to stay in real estate just because, um, you know, the market's so like, hot. Oh, my God. So I got a I got an offer on a property that I listed like Monday and I got like forty thousand dollars over the asking price and they've Holy not even sh- They've not even seen the house. Like it is, <laughs> like it's it's wow. absolutely ridiculous. I can't believe people are buying, and that makes me a little skeptical to accept the offer because it's like you're just blowing smoke now. Like I don't know what kind of people offer property uh, offer these kind of values and never been inside the house. You know, other than seeing New Yorkers, like, could be, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, one of the interesting things that you mentioned that is because I sold a piece of furniture. Um, because I I don't know, uh, I posted about it. I think. I bought a condo in Passaic recently. Um, and so there was a piece of furniture that like a China cabinet that the owner originally left here. And I was just like, I don't want it. Like, you know, I told my dad if he wanted it, he, he was kind of like just stringing me along for a couple of weeks. And then uh, I ended up selling it on Marketplace. I got like $500 for it, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. Bro. Nice. Wait, when you say Marketplace, you mean Facebook Marketplace? Facebook Marketplace, yeah. Wow. Okay. So, and it, it literally one day, one day to the next, someone came and they bought it. So I was just like, hmm, I probably could have gotten like maybe 800 for it or something like that. But, <laughs> you know, it's neither here nor there. Um, yeah. It's, first, you know, $500 you didn't have before. That's exactly yeah. right. 
and the person that I ended up selling it to, she works for Striker, and she started talking oh. to me about like job opportunities there because she she saw that you know I graduated from NJIT on Facebook, and she was like, "We're always looking for sales reps," you know, and I was like, "Wow, that's perfect," because like then I could yeah, kind of join dude. it too. There you go. Wow. Um, I mean, look, I'm I'm thinking about it. I'm look. I looked at the salary, and I was like, if I can't make that money, like base plus commission, if I can't make that working in real estate, then you know, maybe maybe it wouldn't be a bad idea to to venture out. Oh, we'll see. Yeah, man. Solid. That's awesome. Yeah. So, but so real... Andrew, go ahead. Go uh, ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, real estate is 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 very, um, thankfully, very. It's easy and it's hard, but uh, like, it, it, thankfully, it doesn't. It doesn't take. At least, I don't think it takes too much effort. You just gotta like make the calls, um, and it's just not. It, it's not. Um, it's a pretty rewarding job for me. So I, you know, I'm, I'm really happy with it. And that's one of the reasons why I guess I'm not. Kind of, I don't have an urgency to leave. Mm-hmm. So Definitely. I mean, we've seen yeah. your posts, and you know, you're you're always like. Just, just, uh, just, uh, what's it called? Just listed this, and now it's already off the market. I'm like, <laughs> this guy's rolling in bank. All right, yeah. <laughs> Those properties do look really good, though. I will say. Yeah. Good. Well, so listen, uh, we sometimes. I mean, I'm not. I don't, right? But like, sometimes you got to catfish people just to get them in the door. You know, like putting up the pictures. I mean, you know, making them look really, really kind of like eye catching and eye candying, sort of bringing them in. Mm. I mean, it's not like you're changing like the structural integrity of the property, but oh. like cosmetic stuff, that's potential of the property to begin with. That's yeah. going to be there. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I mean, but um, it, it's it's a great job. So if people are out there and they're watching, they want to, you know, venture out into something, I'd be more than happy to take them on. We're we're offering a really like I don't want to like uh, plug myself in here, but like we're off in a really no. Cool, feel like, free, feel no, free, man. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, man. Drop your uh, drop your Insta at, and we'll probably even well, like put in the uh, bio or the uh, caption of our post. Well, so we're offering like a salesperson's course for like ninety nine bucks. So it's like super cheap for you to get your license. It's seventy five hours, and you can you know you can sell houses. That's it. Is there a guarantee oh. on that? Well, <laughs> yeah, put you got. <laughs> <laughs> So Rob, I think you had a question, right? Yeah. Um, well, so I'm like thinking like like the way that you got to like being a real estate, like how'd you start being going into like real estate? Yeah. So um, it's actually, I never really thought about being an agent. I don't watch like HGTV or anything like that. Um, but there was a guy that I kind of looked, I, well, I looked up to him at the time. Um, you know, he was sort of the same background as me. Uh, Mexican. We're both Mexican. We both grew up in Passaic, which Passaic is, you know, kind of like like a Passaic Patterson. You know, the area is not all that great, but you know, hopefully up and coming. Um, and you know, at the time, I, he was like this Jack dude, Jack Mexican. I was just like, bro, like oh, he's probably like a meathead. He doesn't know anything. And it turns out he was uh, he got a PhD. He has a PhD in, in chemistry, orgo chem, I think. And he went to wow. NGIT. He he was a professor at NYU and, you know, he, he, he was doing research work. Like it was incredible. Like all this, and it, like Orgo Chem came to him naturally, which I, I was still to this day. I don't know how that happens. You know? <laughs> I wish. Oh God. Orgo Chem. <laughs> yeah. Like anyway, I, I don't want, I don't want to talk about I, Orgo Chem gives me like PTSD, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so he was super impressive. So I was just like, holy shit. So this guy is, 
like Jack. He's Mexican. He comes from the same places as me, and he's smart. And then it turns out he does real estate too. And I was just like, okay, so like I, I, this guy's like superhuman or whatever. And he kind of got me into it at the time. And I, I wasn't interested in it. And you know, I, I, I didn't know how I would do because I always, I was always quick to jump from job to job. I worked at like security. I did. <clears throat> Um, I worked at vitamin shop for a little bit. I worked at muscle maker grow. So I didn't really know what to expect after. And, and, um, yeah, I'm still working almost six years now in, in real estate. So it's been great. Wow, congratulations. Years, man. Oh, oh, thank you. There. Damn. What's the yeah. most expensive house you've sold <laughs> property? Uh, it was in North Halden for like, like 900,000. Wow. wow. Close Ooh. to that million dollar club. Oh my god! Well, so I fingers crossed. I'm talking to a seller in uh, Franklin Lakes, and that might be like like a 1.2 or 1.5 if I can get it. So. Hey, nice. best of Look luck! Yes, sir. You got this. You oh. got this. Look okay. at that. My fingers, fingers crossed. I can't. I can't. That's the problem. Is that when you get into real estate, you the biggest thing, the biggest mistake you can make is um, you start counting your commissions, and then you spend all that money, and then you realize you're like. Fuck, I'm not getting paid. So <laughs> it's, it, it's a solely commission-based job. So it's it is not for the faint of heart. In that, you know, if if you if you don't have that steady flow of money coming in, it it's it's tough. Especially at the beginning, it's it's a really tough transition period. Is there no base salary for a uh, a real estate agent like that works for like a far, uh, firm? Uh, yeah, but it, I would, I honestly, I think that you're probably better off working, um, commission only. It's tough, but you make a lot more money than you would be if you were making like, let's say like hourly plus commission. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So, so how does that work exactly? It's like, cause I know most people know like salary and hourly, but how does like an hourly commission or like a commission work? So most of the time they're all, uh, like they're, we're all independent contractors, right? So we get 1099s at the end of the year. Um, so no taxes or we pay taxes at the end, or at least we pay taxes depending on, you know, what people write off, I guess. But, um, so, uh, as far as how it works, we get paid on a commission of the sale of the house. So on average be like somewhere between two to 3% of like the, the sale price, you know, if we're using easy numbers, like let's say, you know, $400,000 house, which is not, I don't think, you know, I think we can safely say that's like average in the yeah. area. You know, it's uh, probably about anywhere between an eight thousand to twelve thousand dollar gross commission. Wow! So then, you, you, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, well, I was gonna say, and then you have to split it up with your with your brokerage, depending on what you're mm -hmm. split. Mm, okay. Some people have fifty fifty. Some people have like a seventy thirty. And then if you're, you know, like our office, we only have to we only have a ten k cap where. You know, if you've already given the company at least ten thousand, so like, let's say you get it, you close on a sale of one house that was a check of twenty thousand dollars. It's fifty fifty first, so they get half, you get half, you get ten thousand, they get ten thousand, and then anything you close after that, you get a hundred percent of the money. Oh, no! So if you do well right at the beginning of the year, then the rest is yours. I, I do I, on average, based on like the number of homes I sell. Um, if like after the first two or three transactions, after that everything is is uh. 100% of mine, I guess, minus like a transaction fee, which is like 150 bucks or something. And then Damn. do you get anything in like, do you get like, what do you get in return from using that brokerage name? Like, do you uh, use their name or do you just like use your name? 
Yeah. So, I mean, so you need to be under a brokerage, right? Like that, that is one of the sort of the requirements. You can't be independent. Like I can't be Andres, the realtor. It has to be like mm-hmm. Andres of Signature Realty. Um, and as far as like what we get, obviously a lot of support, a lot of training. Uh, you know, one of the offices, the office that we have three offices, one in Summit, Spring, uh, Summit, Westfield and uh, Somerset. And uh, the one that's in Westfield, there's a, an agent. Her name is Michelle Pies. If you guys you know, look her up on, on social media and stuff, but her and her team, they absolutely kill it. I think they do over 250 to maybe 300 transactions a year, uh, which to give you some context, on average, a, a, an agent sells maybe like 10 homes a year and the 12 homes a year, an average agent. Yeah. So they're, they're selling, you know, 250 homes a year and they're mm-hmm. like states. Some of these are like an Alpine, you know, Franklin Lakes, you know, like some million dollar property. So that's one of the other reasons I joined in is because I, I, at some point I do want to venture into, you know, luxury real estate. And I, I feel like that's right. a, a really good way to kind of get my foot in the door. What's your goal? Do you have like a monthly goal or a yearly goal when it comes to selling houses? Like how many yeah, so, how many properties you want to sell? Uh so this these last two years I've sold eighteen. Um which wow. you know, I I That's could be a lot better. I could be a lot better, man. It's so it's I mean, if fun. you're saying like the average is ten and you, you're almost doubling that, like congrats, man. That that's amazing. That's awesome. I, I, I appreciate that. But so one of the things I want to do this year is bring up my average sale price because obviously if I collectively bring up the average sale price, it's on a, it's a, on a percentage base. And I, you know, I'm bringing up just the gross commission that I'm bringing in uh, that and then just bringing up the volume, which is so reasonable. But on average, I want to close. I would like to close at least three transactions a month. That would be a, a, a pretty good goal. Wow. 36 yeah. in a year. Yeah. That's doable. That's insane. That's doable. <laughs> All right. I mean, I believe you can do it, man. You're you're grinding. You're out there grinding. You're, I see your posts. You're always you're always working. Your your uh, Instagram stories. I, I I I see them. You're grinding. I got to be on TikTok. Are you guys on TikTok or no? Yeah. Dude, <laughs> no. No. Well, no. Mike, Mike, you started doing a, a a TikTok for like like uh self help, right? Or like yep. motivation. Self help, motivation, uh, motivational content just started. That's awesome. What what made you do that? It's just something that I feel is uh, is gonna help me, you know, mental health wise. You know, uh, when I'm down, I I look at all these like quotes and stuff, like content on Instagram, and then like if I like something, I'll save it to my camera roll. But then I never look at it again. But at least like if I'm making a video of it, like I'm making a TikTok, like even if it's just a minute, I'm thinking about it, I'm reflecting on it, and then I interpret it the way my mind interprets it. So like. When I do go back into like, you know, that down phase, I just, I watch my previous TikToks and I'm like, oh, that's how I thought about it. And that's how I got through that, through that, uh, through that hard time. So I, it's really more for me than it is for other people, but I, I like sharing it. So. Oh, that's awesome, man. And, and I mean, to have the courage to, to, to do that. Cause I feel like stuff like that, a lot of people tend to, especially, you know, we're all, we're all guys here. Like guys don't really open up about like, feelings exactly. Like yeah. So I think that's awesome that you're doing that. I mean, keep doing it. I appreciate it. I appreciate that. Well, so one of the things I wanted to ask you guys, because I was really, really kind of super impressed with the podcast. I, I, I think I told you guys before we started recording was that I want to do a podcast of my own. I had a couple names. 
uh, maybe, you know, you guys can give me your, uh, you know, your, your ideas on whether or not you approve or disapprove. So the first one is, it's called just the tip, right? Now it's supposed to be a sexual innuendo, right? But it's also like just the tip of the iceberg because right? mm-hmm. like, there's so much underneath of what we're going to talk about, but just the tip. So that, that was the first one. And then, um, I got it. I'm drawing a blank on the second one, but I, I wanted to, how did you guys come up with the name for your, your podcast? I think Sarav came up with it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how did I come up with it? I honestly, well, it, honestly, I'm like, it was a play on your last name. Cause your last name is Nicholas. And I was like, nickel for your thought. And I was like, kind of just sprung up on me. So there's no like- real good backstory to it. It's just, yeah, <laughs> that's how we got up with it. <laughs> So you guys didn't have any other names that you were kind of, uh, uh, you know, kind of working on? We kind of just, you know, jumped in head first yeah. in the water and just <laughs> and we went started, through with yeah. it. It just worked. <laughs> okay. No, that, that that's awesome. I mean, are you guys, are you guys going to go like all in on this? Because I Mike, Mike, I mean, Anthony, I think you, I saw you had a mic too. I mean, you guys are, are going, getting a professional. We're trying, we're trying our best. We're trying our best. Okay. Yeah, I think okay. we all got. I think now we all have our own uh, like professional mic, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys made the order. Where I didn't them. come in on time. It's time, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the fuck you're gonna do with it now, but it's just gonna. I'm gonna now. I'm gonna. No, no, th- that's your sign, right? You, you now you've already made the made the purchase. Now you have now you have motivation to start your podcast. I'll bring you. Guys you got money on the line, I guess. I'll bring all of you guys on as my guest. Wait, so are you guys gonna get like sponsors? Uh, that we were talking about that last year, um, very early on. It's like I think the second episode, the server that holds all of our podcast episodes. We didn't know that we could only have one episode on it for free. We thought it was gonna be like a continuous thing. When I tried to upload the second episode, they're like, "Yeah, no, not on the trial version. You're gonna have to purchase the full version." Mm-hmm. And the full version is what was it? It's like a hundred bucks a year. Yeah. yeah. So it wasn't bad at all. You know, split between yeah. the four of us, you know, we all throw in 25 bucks. And when we purchased it, it came with all of these resources. And one of them was like, here's this website that you now have act full access to where, uh, people who are looking for, for, um, shows to plug their product. This is what they're looking for. This is what they're charging. They're asking that you talk about it in this manner. This is what they want you to say. And then you, up, you basically just apply for that, um, for that, I guess, that sponsor. Uh, okay. But okay, yeah, they ask, they're at, they ask for a lot on it. They're like, you have to audition. So the four of us would have to like get together outside of recording time. And then like, I guess we would just pretend that we're in a show and then all of a sudden just go into like an ad. Oh mm-hmm. shit! That's I mean that's kind of cool. I, I was I was gonna say Manscape is like the go-to ad. It's everywhere, right? <laughs> yeah, it's Manscape. It's, it's, it's only gotten bigger. It's only gotten bigger over time. Yeah. Oh my god! It's even on like just a female podcast. I don't know. I, I I heard it on literally every single podcast, man. And I got I got a Manscape. I don't know if you guys. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> it worked. It broke Manscaped, you down. If you're yeah. listening, it, right. please sponsor us. 
the sponsorship work, but just the thing. Uh, yeah, actually, Manscaped, if you're here listening, you guys got a sponsor, uh, Nickel, for your thoughts. But uh, <laughs> there, you, there you go. There you go. <laughs> after what I'm about to say, though, they might drop the sponsorship. Yo, it, oh. it, it nicked me. It nicked me. Like, oh, it says, oh, no. Where? It says it's not supposed to nick you. And I'm just like, I'm like, do I take a picture and send it to them? Like, you know, <laughs> where, all this, all this blood. complete. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what it was? I got the 3.0. I don't have the 4.0. So, you know, I'm going to give them, you know, their, their, uh, the benefit, the benefit of the, the doubt that they've updated. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Oh my God. Yeah. Andre, yeah. you know, you're supposed to trim, you're supposed to trim the trees down to a bush before you shave it. Right? <laughs> oh no, 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 no. I don't, I don't, well, I, this might be TMI. So I don't, I don't know if you, if you want me to keep going on from here, but I, I don't, I don't shave, shave. Like I don't use the razor. I I just do the trim, and that's it. Like I, I, little little maintenance. You gotcha. Know? It's, yeah, it's just for hygiene now, right? <laughs> this this podcast is going a completely different direction than I would have expected. Well, yeah, we had like right. we were like, oh, this is gonna be a very educational podcast. We're gonna ask him like questions about this about the housing market, and you know. You know, we're gonna ask him tips on your, your first properties and stuff. But no, let's talk about uh, let's talk about manscaping. Right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, just as educational, but you know. I mean, look, listen, I'm I'm saving somebody else the the, the pain and the suffering of. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. If you're just going through puberty, heed my warning. Warm water first before you start going down there. <laughs> Well, so you guys want to hear something funny? I remember when I was in uh, high school, I had this one friend who everybody obviously wanted to grow facial hair. I don't know if you guys, well, Anthony, you, I can see you got a, a full facial hair there. No, no, I wish I did. I have holes on my cheeks. But listen, man, you're growing a lot more than what I could grow out. So that's why I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm giving you props. But thank you. When I was in middle school, when I was in high school, I wanted to grow out facial hair so bad. And I had this friend tell me, he's like, oh, yeah, you got to rub cinnamon on your face, you know, every night. And that, that helps. What? I was like, are you sure? He's like, yeah. I was like, all right, well, he, he told me he was doing it. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to wait it out and like wait to, to see what happened. This guy's face started breaking out like crazy. <gasps> oh, yeah. No. yeah. Yeah. And I was very bad. Like, people, people use coconut oil to help with it. Oh, yeah. Cinnamon, I've never heard of. If anything, that's just being abrasive on your skin. But coconut <laughs> oil, <laughs> I heard it works. Yeah. I, I get coconut, coconut oil, oil or castor oil too. Yeah. Really hard. Cinnamon. Yeah. yeah really. He would have been doing better for himself if he just stuck a spoon of cinnamon in his mouth instead. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, my god! Um, Listen, we can we can jump to the real estate topic though. I can I can I can kind of segue us back in. Don't worry, I'll I'll steer the ship here just to to talk a little bit about real estate. But I mean, look, one of the awesome things I would tell everyone watching, especially if you guys are. First time buyers, uh, which I'm assuming, you know, much of the audience is going to be, uh, you can put like three and a half. I don't want to be boring though. So you can put three anyway. I'll, you can put three and a half percent down of the down payment. So whatever the, the purchase price is, you have to put at least three and a half percent down. Um, and then you have but like, then some you would have costs. to take out like a, uh, a homeowner's loan, right? Yeah. Well, so the, 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 the loan for the, uh, purchase of the house. Oh, I'm sorry. Not loan the, uh, insurance. Yet, yet you have to pay for like this insurance in case like you don't, you end up not being able to pay the entire thing off. What, what was that about? 
Yeah. So there's, there's two insurances, right? Um, you have like homeowners insurance, which is like literally like vehicle insurance, right? Mm -hmm. uh, that's the best way that I could draw the comparison. And then the other insurance you have is like a uh, private mortgage insurance, which is insurance for uh, possibly defaulting. Right. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's one of the reasons why a lot of people prefer to put like at least 20% down uh, because 20% is that threshold where the banks don't see it as a huge risk. Um, you know, you're always risk assessed. And if you have less than 20% down, they have to pay. And you do that with your vehicle too. You don't, it's a fraction of what you pay for a, mm -hmm. a loan, but you are paying for it where, you know, I'm using small numbers here, but if they're giving, you know, a hundred loans, you know, in a, in a week, right. Um, if one of those happens to default and everyone was kind of paying those mortgage insurance premiums, they're there to kind of help offset the cost of what they're going to use to like now someone not paying the loan on time. So that's what it's for really. But, um, but yeah, that there's no way to avoid it unless you're putting, you know, 20% down. But it, I mean, you can always refinance out of it at some point once you've gotten enough. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. So Anders, what is a uh, refinancing? I've heard it all over the place, but I've never really understood what it is. Yeah. So refinancing is, it, it can be a lot of things and it depends on what you're looking to do. But for the most part, if it's like, let's say pretty standard in that you just want to change the terms of the loan, right? So uh, you can buy a house, like I said, three and a half percent down and the type of loan you're getting is an FHA loan, which is kind of like the, the first time home buyer loan uh, is what it's it's known for. And uh, when you do a, a refinance, you're changing the terms of, a, of that loan from FHA to conventional, where now um, the reason why someone goes FHA, I know you probably would ask, well, why doesn't someone just go conventional than FHA? The guidelines are different as far as like the credit score requirements. So your minimum you would need for an FHA is 620 or conventional could be, you know, 670 or 650. Mm -hmm. So someone might not be able to qualify if they're just on the cusp and they really want to buy. Um the other thing, too, is that you get to spend a little bit more or they give you a little more flexibility with spending the kind of the money that you make. So to use easy numbers, if you make like, let's say, $10,000 a month, right, and uh, FHA says you can spend up to, uh, let's say, 40 or 45 percent of your income towards a, a mortgage, then you can spend up to $4,000 to $4,500 on your mortgage, whereas conventional might say you can only spend up to thirty-seven. Now. You're limited on what you can afford to purchase, even though your your income is the same in both scenarios. Does that also alter the interest rate? Yeah, that's another thing too, right? So like FHA generally has lower interest rates because it's supposed to be a program to be a little bit uh, easier on the, the first time home buyer so they can afford it. Um, so conventional tends to have a little, generally has a little bit higher interest rate, but your interest rates are also factored in by like, you know, what your credit score is, the amount of the down payment that you're putting down. Uh, because it's all about risk assessment. And if, if the risk is low, generally terms tend to be a little more favorable. Okay. Well, if you have too high of a credit score, and that's not really a term that people use because you can't really have too high of a credit score because you try to meet the minimum. But if you have too high of a credit score, could you go for an FHA or would you automatically be put in the bracket of going with a conventional? Yeah, it really, it all depends though. So like, you know, you, you could have an incredible credit score. Let's say it's like an, an 810, right? Uh, you're just going to get a really, really good interest rate. But it, it all depends on like what that person has as far as a down payment. Because if they only have, let's say, $20,000, then they're a little bit limited in, in, in the fact that they might not be able to afford as much. So then it makes sense to go the FHA route and put the 3.5% down. 
And in certain areas too, depending on where you're purchasing, like, you know, I know Passaic is one of them. uh, Patterson is one of them. And in certain areas, there's like a whole bunch of different loan programs, but some of them based on the areas, because they're, they're trying to incentivize, you know, home ownership in these areas. Um, cities can give like uh, grants or they have money that are, is given to them for the entire calendar year to be spent towards homeowners so that they can, you know, be credited towards their down payment or their closing costs, as well as uh, Mike, you mentioned that private, private mortgage insurance, certain areas you can put like as low as 3% down and then have that mortgage insurance waived, but it depends on your income. Like sometimes there's income restrictions. So like you can't make over a certain amount to be eligible for. Oh shit. Mm-hmm. Okay. So for yeah. a first time home buyer, would you say an FHA is like a gift or would people be better off without it? Uh, well, it, it really depends on their scenario, but I, I do think that it's probably the best thing to go about doing. And if someone is watching this and they're thinking, all right, you know, I want to buy a multifamily and then a one family, or, or I, I want to have a multifamily at some point, my best advice would be to get the multi first and then sell and get the one family. And then Sarav, that kind of answers the question about like, you know, the scenario basis or a scenario uh, of when you would want to refinance. So like, let's say you buy a house, multifamily FHA, you live in one unit, you rent out the second unit, right? At some point, let's say five years later, you want to, you want to rent out the unit you're living in because you want to, you want more space, you want more privacy. You have a family, you know, you need more rooms, whatever the case is. You would go and buy that one family house, but you would refine, you could do is refinance out of FHA, the conventional, right? And then you Mm -hmm. can buy the next one family house FHA. So this way, you get the benefit of having to put that three and a half percent down again and not having to, you know, have a, a very high um, a down payment in order to purchase. Interesting. So that's one. Okay. But the, the reason why I say you should do the multi first and then buy the one family is because the opposite is a little harder to sell, uh, especially because there's, there's someone called an underwriter who is, you know, honestly our biggest enemy. <laughs> I, I say that jokingly, but they, they kind of kill deals, right? Like they, so almost everyone in the bank, not everyone, but like the loan officer, the one who starts the loan, um, you know, they're, they're paying, they're getting paid on commission. So there's a lot of an incentive for them to make sure that the file closes. Cause if not, they don't get paid. Right. Uh, and the right. same thing with me, I, I, I have a very high incentive to want to close the deal because if not, I don't get paid either. I could be working on a deal for three months, four months, and then it doesn't close. And then I, you know, I'm shit out of luck. I, I got to either start all over again. Or just like something could have happened and, they, you know, buyers or clients maybe are turned off and they don't want to work with me anymore. But um, the lo- underwriter, they are paid a salary. They have no sort of, you know, I, I guess horse in the race in, in the sense that they don't make any profit off of the, fo- the file closing or not. They're getting paid at the end of the day, whether the file closes or not. So underwriters uh, look at it. And when you go from buying a one family to wanting to go to a two family, they're going to say, well, you know, how do you justify, you know, going from a one to a two? It almost seems like you're downgrading, mm-hmm. you know, and and they don't they won't allow you at that point to go and put that three and a half percent down. So that's why I, I say with the two family, it's always better to go two and then one. If you guys, you know, at some point are looking to purchase a, a multifamily property. Interesting. So is this underwriting that you're talking about? Is he part of the banking system or where does he kind of fit in? Yeah, so there's like a whole 
you know, like a, an entire, I guess, path of like how the loan starts. So you have like loan officer where it originates and then it goes through a loan processor who kind of pieces all of the file together to make sure that all the paperwork is right as far as what they need. And then uh, finally, once it's ready, it gets submitted to the underwriter and the underwriter reviews the file to make sure that it meets the guidelines. And then there, there might be certain things that they might not like. Like for instance, what I just said, if they see this person is going from a one family to a two family and they want to go FHA and put the first time home buyer program into effect, they're going to say, well, why are they doing this? You know, why are they in an area that's nicer or more desirable to an area, you know, that's, you know, less desirable. You know, it almost seems like they're, they're not, it barely even seems like a lateral move. They're, they're, they're downgrading. So I need you to justify and give me a letter saying why you're doing this. Sounds like this guy's got to mind his own business. <laughs> I'm saying, man, I'm saying, but, you know, it, it is, you, you got, that's why you got to kind of plan for it in advance. And I tell people all the time, like, you know, even if you're not ready to buy now, let's say you want to buy a year from now, like it doesn't hurt to have a conversation so that this way, you know, you can start planning for it now so that, you know, when the time does come, you have, you have at least some framework of what you want to, what you need to do moving forward. No. Why are you guys are you guys thinking about buying? Because I know a good agent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know one too. I graduated with him back in college. I don't know, I don't know why he's not a, B, a BME, but you know, he got into real estate, doing pretty well. Well, well actually, could I ask you guys? Let me let me let me ask everybody in the room here. How how was it? Like, was it easy finding a job, or was it difficult? I mean. We were we were circumstantial though because we graduated during like the COVID time, right? Like, you know, by the time I was looking for like my own thing, it was already quarantined. I just got very lucky that um, I was able to find a contracting job that eventually led into a full time position. But I think that's kind of why you know Sarab and I got into pharma because pharma was one of the only. Uh, you know, industries out there in our field that didn't really slow down on the hiring process. Mm -hmm. If anything, they sped up. Oh, well, that's so, definitely, yeah. That makes yeah. Sense. Yeah, my... My company was, yeah, it, it wasn't too difficult. But the and then actually, once I started working, uh, and the pandemic happened, like you know, it went from like a 180, went from like them like hiring a bunch of people to like, oh my goodness, like we got to like lay people off, and so like it was like a 180 in terms of that aspect. So, um, oh, but you were already working before, um, you graduated, yeah, okay, okay, and then what, and like you, you like. Because I figure, like, the reason I ask you guys is because I, I don't know how many of you guys did, like, internships, but I, I didn't do any internships or, like, work study or anything like that. So, I, I like, I didn't have any experience, and, and that was the biggest thing that I felt would be, like, you know, kind of uh, 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 one of the biggest reasons to, to struggle finding something because that, that's one of the things they look at for, right? Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, it is because, like, I'm actually currently unemployed. So, uh, after graduation, Shrav and I were working at the same company, and then I think that for me, that lasted until August. And then 
from there, I just didn't do anything for a whole semester. And then I said, you know, fuck it. I'll go back to NJT. And I went back for grad school full time. That's why I could have actually graduated last semester. So with only a year in grad school as opposed to a year and a half. But I kind of got fucked over a little bit with classes because a lot of them overlapped. And then, like you said, I didn't do any uh, any internships. The job that Strav and I had where it was in healthcare. So mm-hmm. you can try to translate that into pharma or any medical device company, like however, like best you can. It still isn't going to go hand in hand. So it's not really something that they're looking for. Uh, didn't do any internships in our field and or you know research study. So yeah, it's that it it really does make it harder. But I mean, something's going to come along. Hopefully soon enough. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I, I think you going for your master's is certainly going to help. Yeah. But it's I mean, only, you know, like, from what I've seen, it's only going to help after graduation. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, once I'm, you get a master's, most employers are pretty okay with giving, uh, uh, like, looking at your resume and stuff if you don't have any experience. Cause yeah, because like, master's is pretty much your experience. Like, you have a good understanding of what's going on. Yeah, because, like, if you look at even entry-level positions, you know, they'll still say, like, with a bachelor's degree, but two to four years of relevant experience. Yeah. I don't understand how that's entry-level, but whatever. And then under that, they'll put master's in science, zero to two years of experience. So, yeah, you ha- you need a degree in hand to really, you know, make it worth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that was one of the things that I struggled with. Go- yeah, sorry, Micah. Yeah, I, so, I mean, at this point, you know, um, most people get their jobs through connections, right? Like, that's why I'm really big on LinkedIn, you know, I, I'm, I try to be active on it and stuff. So, um, I work at a uh, startup company right now. So, in the event, you know, I, I know my coworker is listening. Um, Scott, I'm not leaving the company, but in the event <laughs> that things don't work out at the company, I'm always active on LinkedIn, you know, always trying to be proactive about that in the event, you know, something you know, knock on wood, something bad happens or, you know, things don't work out. It's the connections really help, Um, you know, especially at a a small startup, like the company that I work at, it's like, if I just recommend someone, even me, you know, someone who just started, just got in, if you know the right people, like I work with, you know, associate directors, associate vice presidents, if I just let them know, hey, like, hey, you know, I worked with this guy back in college. He he did really well. You know, I, I, I think he would make a good addition to the team. They're always looking, you know, like mm. like even if it's just to get your foot in the door, it's a really it's really great opportunity. So, I mean, we can definitely, you know, talk about it, you know, off off the show. But if you're interested, the only thing that I've offered it to a lot of friends, the only thing that turns them off is the distance, because everyone that <laughs> I know lives you know further up north and i my work is in uh cranberry so i don't even know where that it doesn't even sound like a place (laughs) (laughs) you know where monroe is the fruit (laughs) um yeah i know where monroe is actually yeah it's right next to monroe oh okay wow yeah it's like 20 minutes south of new brunswick Oh my god! Yeah, that's I get that response from everyone. Yeah, Yeah. it's the same response from everyone. They're like, "Oh, that's so far from me." I mean, like, I get it. You went to NJIT. You live in North Jersey, but do you do you want a job or not? Do you want money? (laughs) Right, right. But but uh, do they would they comp you out for like your travel or no? Nah. 
tough, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to move. I guess. I'm just like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> exactly. Like, you know, I, I try to get people in because, you know, there's a referral bonus and, you know, it, it's incentive. It's incentive for people to bring other people in. And I were, I went to, a, you know, a very reputable school, you know, in a very reputable uh, um, major that you know when people get out of our major when people graduate with our degree they are you know they are considered qualified for for these positions it's just that it's the location and the distance and but i mean hey man you know let me know i'll uh i'll see what i can do again you know off the show well so most of the time i like that's one of the things i like about my job too is i work mainly from home you know i'm gonna say Uh, an overwhelming amount of time I'm, I'm home working. Uh, most of the time I'm making calls and stuff. So, you know, it, it's pretty, it's pretty chill in that sense. The only time I do go out is if I have to like, you know, go on an appointment or a showing or something like that. But uh, you know, that, that's one of the reasons why, like, I think the other thing is the flexibility with the schedule. Like I don't have to, you know, request any time off or anything. Like I yeah. can just be like, I, you know, I'm not going to work today. I mean, it's not as easy as just saying it. Cause you know, if it, there's appointments and stuff, but there is that flexibility where I can kind of, uh, adjust my schedule based on you know if i'm gonna do something or go somewhere that 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 weekend or something yeah it just it's definitely a give and take for like you know working a nine to five or working private you know a private contractor although the health insurance sucks bro i gotta pay for my and even the health insurance <laughs> is horrible yeah uh, was so- it you guys were talking about lasik last time right <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, I listen to the podcast. Yeah, yeah. oh my god, I'm blushing from the uh, support. Thanks, man. <laughs> send, me a, send me a t-shirt. You guys got to make a t-shirt. Ooh, yeah. We, yeah, we've been looking for a, uh, a, what's it called, a graphics designer. We we were talking to this one girl, and we were like, oh, you know, like, she. we looked at her Instagram. She has some really good drawings, and we reached out to her. We're like, yeah, you know, um, we're, she was an NJIT student. We were like, you know, we'd like to um, kind of support our fellow NJIT grads, uh, you know, give back to the school by, you know, supporting their businesses. And she goes, yeah, I don't really do uh, do that kind of graphics design. But like, look at these people. And like, she sent us the list. But I guess we just never got around to it. Oh, man, you guys got to you got to get on the merch, man. That's that's the money grab right there. That's where you guys... I know. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys got to send me something once you get it. Where did you get your, uh, what's it called? Your, your graphics. Cause like, it, it's really unique. It, it is your head, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I want to update it a little bit. Cause, uh, you, you change your I, hairstyle. I, I, I want to I animate it too. So I want like maybe a little curl to come down here or something like that. That would Ooh, be that good. Yeah. But, uh, but I had this one friend, um, I, think, I guess she was like a design major in, in college. I, I know I've known her since high school, uh, and she did my my logo for me. And I mean, it was it was awesome. I think she gave me like three different um, uh, samples or three different versions of of it. And then we would kind of customize it a little bit with every time that she would make you know these adjustments. But yeah, I, I like it. I just I want to I want to breathe some new life into it now. It's it's been probably like maybe over two years, maybe three years now that I've had that logo. I wanna I wanna brand it and do something different. That's awesome. <laughs> keep keep the dapper realtor though. I got I got to keep people people call me dapper. I have a I don't know if she's watching. Uh, this agent I work with, Christine. They just they 
like one of the things that you know once you once you coin a phrase or once you 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 know kind of embrace a, a title i go around people don't even call me by my name anymore they're like hey dapper realtor i'm just like <laughs> and people, the agents in the sphere of the ones that i work with it's not like you know like i'm someone down the street like oh my god is that dapper you know it's, it's just that's like... a dapper realtor really <laughs> i've seen his head i'm like on the on the dapper <laughs> Why does his hair look different? Why does his hair look different than his profile picture? <laughs> that's not him. That's not him. It can't be. It'd be like the kids would be like, uh, "Mommy, is this the kid? Is this the guy that didn't give us the house?" And then they're like, oh! Get him. <laughs> "Wait, I have a question. I have a real real estate question. It, it's I don't know how to phrase it without having it sound like an attack, but an attack though. So I, I'm just gonna ask that you you know not take it personally. I'm gonna take it personal." so real estate agent right your incentive to sell a house is based off of the price of the house right the more you sell a house for the the more money you get how how does that work in favor of someone who's trying to buy a house who wants to look for a real estate agent well so that that is a good question but uh, as a buyer's agent and so you know now we're kind of adhering to more like morals and ethics which is something that you sort of assume someone is doing, right? Like you assume someone is acting morally and ethically, uh, but we do have agreements and, and paperwork that we sign in advance once we're starting to you know, build a relationship where you know, our best interest is in whoever, whatever side we're representing, whether it's the buyer or the seller. And I, I do take that, especially because like, uh, there's a lot of uh, for sale by owners that I've worked with in the past and they want to represent themselves and they can if they own the house they can represent themselves in a, in a transaction they don't need an agent um but at that point if i have a buyer for it i'll bring them the buyer and my interest is only like getting my client you know the best deal uh you know for an example as an example i, I helped a client and this was end of 2020 um actually might have been end of 2019 yeah end of 2019 2020 2019 i can't remember, recall exactly but and ultimately it was a multifamily in garfield uh they bought it for 445 with ten thousand dollars included in there for their closing costs because there's other costs associated not just the down payment and and then they were still able to get credits for uh items that needed to be fixed and i'm, I'm proud of that because in this market nowadays if i if i showed you offers like people are waiving home inspection rights, right? Where they're saying, I'm going to do a home inspection, but I'm probably not going to be asking for you to give me any sort of credit, even if things aren't working, because I know they that- They want the house so bad. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to sweeten the pot a little bit. Um, right. You know, or, or ask, or giving money over asking price. Or like nowadays, people can't even uh, add their closing costs into the purchase price for the most part. So yeah, like we have, as a buyer's agent, we have an obligation to- you know, have our clients' best interests at heart. And, and that's, if that means, you know, trying to get them a better deal, finding ways to leverage so that we can, you know, we're not um, manipulative, but we are getting our client, you know, savings, then, you know, it's it's a win for us. And, and to so be quite honest, there... the price difference is not all that much either. Like Really? Okay. As far as what, so... maybe, maybe a couple hundred dollars, I would say. Oh, all right. I mean, yeah, that's... Uh, let me let me give you an example. So, like, let's say it's it's a house that's four fifty, and you know they're going to pay out a two and a half percent commission. It's eleven thousand two hundred and fifty, right? It's about eleven thousand two hundred and fifty. That's that's the 
commission that you would be making off of it. But if you get the price drop down from 450 to 425, it's 10,625. So it's like, you know, I would say maybe about a difference of what, 400, 500 bucks. It's not, it's not enough where you're going to, I don't think someone is, I, I like, I would not be incentivized to be like, I'm willing to, you know, uh, risk lose a sale my license uh -huh, mm. because I, I, you know, I'm trying to push for a sale. Got it. Yeah. So have you been put in a position where like, all right, let's say someone comes to you like, Hey, I want you to help me look for a home. I mean, if I were a real estate agent, the first thing I would go to are the, the homes that I've listed. But now I'm playing both sides of the fence where I am representing the person that wants to buy a home and the person that's selling a home. So have you been in that situation where you have to do that? Yeah. So um, so generally, it, it, not that it doesn't happen, it is a little bit more difficult because like, imagine trying to match one person with one specific house and make making sure that it meets everything that they want bedroom count style backyard basement finishes all these things so it's not very easy to do it i have done it in the past uh but the way that it ends up working out is i list the house first and then someone reaches out and they said oh i saw it listed for sale can i see it and, you know i show it to them and then they're interested as far as that yeah there there are some parts or components to it where Obviously, I have to have them both sign a disclosure that says that they're allowing me to operate as a disclosed dual agent, meaning I'm letting them both know I'm going to represent both sides. Got it. Um, there are some states in the, in the country that don't allow a dual agency, which I think Florida might be one of them, if I'm not mistaken, um, mm -hmm. because of that reason in particular, right? There's somewhat of a conflict of interest um, yeah. representing both sides. But New Jersey does allow you to. It's just there is a... There are some components of like the morals and ethics that you have to adhere to that you like you can't adhere to because it's just, you know, it, there, there's no way that you can do that. Right. Like you can't like I like if I know my client, the buyer is qualified for five hundred thousand, but they're trying to submit an offer for four seventy. I'm not going to tell the seller, hey, look, you know, you can you can get <laughs> him to come up. You know, I'm just going to be like, hey, look, yeah. they, want, they, they want to offer you four seventy. Do you like that number? No. OK, well, then give them a counter. You know, I, I, if it were different, if, if I were just representing the seller, I'd be like, listen, you know, they gave us a pre-approval that's a little bit higher or, or, Hey, look, I, I think they really like the house. I overheard them during the open house say that they can afford more. If I'm only representing one side, then yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to do everything I can to get them more money. Mm -hmm. But that's a good question though. I, I don't think I've ever really been asked that before. Like at least from, you know, like if in, in, in an interview setting kind of. <laughs> yeah. That's a good question, though. But uh, yeah, man. And, and so, so one time I actually had one uh, client threaten to sue me, which was like, Ooh. yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was scary. Like, I was worried, and I, I wasn't even worried because, you know, because uh, you know, I, I did anything wrong. I was just worried because it's like, if anyone tells you they're going to sue you, I'm just like, yeah, man, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to make some money out here. Yeah, I got student loans. Yeah, you're trying to sue me. <laughs> you're trying to set me back so uh it, it was crazy because they thought that i wasn't doing they they thought i weren't i wasn't doing a job a good job enough to sell their house and um you know i i literally have in writing them asking like saying hey if you give me this number i'll accept the offer and i, I ended up getting like fifty thousand dollars over that number that they told me and they still didn't want to sign so you know it, it again i can't you know explain some of the behaviors of some clients that i've worked with in the past but it is what it is. I, I just, you, you, sometimes you got to roll with the punches a little bit. 
for sure. Mm. Like, oh my god. <laughs> and I was just like, dude, you could sue me, man. I, I at the moment, I'm like, I don't got that much money, but. <laughs> <laughs> Is it often I mean, that you do with confrontational people? No, no. Um, it, it, it just so happens, though, that because it's an emotional experience buying a house, um, you know, a, a lot of emotions get tied into purchasing and selling that, you know, especially if like, you know, they start like, so for instance, um, I sold a house in Clifton, a townhome, and everything was going great until like, the, the owner had COVID and then she didn't disclose to me that she had COVID until, you know, the day before. And then I didn't get a chance to go and tell the agent, Hey, look, they have COVID, but they're not there at the moment when you guys are going to do the walkthrough to, you know, close in the house. And they found out from the security guard and the secu- and then they were like, Oh, it's not right that they didn't tell us in advance. Then they started bitching about like, there was like a, a, a little recycle bin in the garage and like, shampoo in the in the bathroom and they're like oh you guys have to get rid of this or we want a 500 credit to get rid of it i was like shit i'll go over there with a trash bag and pick it up like you guys i don't know what the point of this is but it, it's an emotional process and, and like tempers kind of start to flare and, and people get a little bit angry but um no as far as like getting su- i don't get sued on the i don't get uh threatened to be sued on the regular <laughs> <laughs> okay that's good do you have insurance that would protect you from that yeah, so we we have an errors and omission kind of like like malpractice insurance for, for mm-hmm. doctors. We, we have one like that, but um, but yeah, I mean, I I've got I keep I keep trail receipts of everything, man. Like I I have to, especially especially after that happened, where they told me, you know, like so for instance, I'll give you a perfect example. When I recommend attorneys, I try to recommend at least three attorneys, because if I only recommend one, and I that person ends up going with that one attorney, and something starts to go south, and they start to feel like they're being misled. And they're going to be like, well, who recommended the attorney? They're going to say, oh, Andres recommended it to me. And then they're going to say, oh, did he give you any other recommendations? No, he just gave me the one. And then it, it almost looks like I'm I'm feeding that person business yeah. and I'm steering, right? So um, I always give at least three recommendations. Hey, use this person, this person, and this person. And they'll be like, oh, which one do you like best? I'll be like, I like all of them. So <laughs> pick whichever one you like the best. That's how I say mm-hmm. it. All right. Yeah. I mean, that's the world of real estate that, you know, we, we don't know exists. Yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah. It's it's a mess, man. But uh, but I love it. I love it. And I, I mean, I think anybody could be good, good at it, to be honest. Like, I, I don't think that you have to have, like, I've seen some, like, really, like, lame, like, you know, very lethargic sort of people in this business. And they, they do really well in it. So that's why, that's, like, my oh. motivation. Yeah, no, they, they do well. And I'm just... I'm honestly surprised, but I'm like, like if they can do it, you know, I, I, I know if I put some effort, some time into it, I, I can do it too. So you don't think there's like at least one personal quality someone should have as a realtor. If I had to choose one, I would just say, Hair. honestly, just <laughs> the look. I mean, that's, that's, the not, look. That's, not a, that's not a bad one to, to have, but I, I would say, listen, you just, you just gotta be considerate, man. Like you gotta, you gotta have your heart in it or, or you have to, that's one of the things that my previous brokerage uh, over at uh, the name of it, uh, Realty Empire, uh, the broker of it, Chris, uh, he told me a lot. He's like, treat every treat every client like they were your family. You know, like, you know, like making sure that you, you know, oh, inspection items, if it's something big, like obviously, you know, protect them, defend them. Think of it like you're, you're, you're helping your mom buy a house or your, your dad buy a house. And it, it's true. And that's kind of the way that I, I try to approach it with everyone. But sometimes you also have to, you know, you, especially given how the market is, you, 
you have to be a little realistic. And it, it's a tough conversation to have, especially when, when I'm working with someone for the first time, I'm like, oh, look, you like this house? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, all right, let's, let's throw an extra $25,000 on top of it. And they're like, what? <laughs> I'm like, listen, I'm just saying because it's like the market is hot. And I had one client, they're like, all right, we thought about it. And we're going to go like uh, $2,000 over asking. I was like, all right. And I submitted it. I was like, yeah, there was like 15 other offers. And uh, ours was like number 14. So we're going to oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, that's, that's what happens. But, you know, like the only thing I can do is I, I tell them all the time. I'm like, look, I'm, I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm, I'm here to try to just kind of share the experiences that I've gone through in the real estate transactions that I've done. And then you take what you want and, and do with what you want with that information. Hmm. But yeah, I would, definitely, I, mean, I would definitely say being considerate is one. I have a, one more question. I'm sorry if you guys have any questions. Um, but so right now um, we're experiencing a very large influx of people trying to purchase homes in the New Jersey area. Uh, so it has become a very large seller's market, which is now incentivizing people in New Jersey to want to sell their homes, maybe upgrade. But because it's a seller's market, they're selling their homes and now you don't have a home. So you you have to figure out a way to play the opposite side of the uh, you know the game where you are now a buyer. And so do you have any... Um, tips for people who are who want to sell their homes and purchase a new one but stay in the new jersey area where there is a lot of competition in the in the buying field that is such a good question man that is an amazing i'm gonna be honest with you that is a really good question because and i do have an answer for it um i say that because it's a question i get a lot and that's actually one of the biggest um sort of objections that i get from sellers when I try to pitch them, right? Because when I try to sell them and I'm like, hey, look, I just sold a house in your neighborhood. You know, we sold it for over asking in less than seven days. You know, they waived this and that. Would you like to sell? And a lot of times they're they're interested in selling, but then they wonder, they're like, all right, if I sell, I still want to live in New Jersey. Where am I going to move to? And that's where I come in and I tell them, and this is literally what I do. Um, I tell them, well, the same way, because most of the time they're cold calls where, you know, I don't know the person. They don't know me. They're not expecting me to call. Um, but they know that. But I, I know that the numbers are accurate and I know where they live as far as like what the corresponding address is. And I'll tell them, I'm like, look, the same way I'm calling you, you tell me what areas you want to move into. You tell me what areas you like. You tell me your budget, what you're looking for. And I'll mark it to the area that you're interested in. And we're looking for at this point, in a, what, what I call an off market deal, something that's not listed. On Zillow, TruliaRealtor.com, you're not going to see it anywhere on the MLS, and it's just gonna it's gonna sell. Now, you would wonder at that point when I talk to the seller who I'm going to sell their house and then buy that other one, right? That other seller, I'm telling them, look, it makes sense to sell it directly with the seller because if you want to sell it, most of the time they're like, I don't want to go through the process of putting it on the market. I don't want to do open houses. I don't want to do photography. I don't want to have to stage the home. Like if you can bring me someone who gives me a number that I want, I'm good with that. Now they're also saving on the commission, the seller, because I'm not going to charge them a full commission because I'm not having to go to market. I don't have to do as much as I would have to. And I can help the buyer save some money too, because I'm not paying them a full commission. I don't have to raise up the price. Got so it. that's, that's the way that I would, that's the best approach. 
if they're looking to buy is it has to be off market and they're really you know they're really concerned about how much money they're going to spend you have to go off market and with the off market ones most of the time the sellers they feel confident enough that they can sell or maybe they they um they have an agent in their in their sphere that that can list the property for sale for them but they're like hey look i just want one person one showing one offer one sale one and that's it i don't want to have 50 people coming in here Okay, and, so it, it it helps, you know, when people are, you know, don't want to be inconvenienced with that, but still want to be part of that, you know, that seller's, uh, I guess, um, the seller's market higher, whatever. I mean, listen, I, I've been in situations where I tell people like, hey, look, you know, I, how much do you want for this place? And they're like, oh, I don't know, 300,000. I'm like, well, you know, we can get more for it if we went on the market. And they're like, I don't want to go to market. If you, I was like, but I can get you like another 20,000. I don't want... Like my time is more important than waiting to go on the market, waiting another, like, get me this number and I'm good. Like any, really? and, and it, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense, but it's almost, I use this analogy in this way. Um, would you rather go to Walmart to go and grab a carton of milk that, you know, or a gallon of milk that, you know, is going to cost you $3 and 50 cents, or would you rather go to CVS where you know you're not going to wait, you know, an hour and a half in line to pay for that three dollar and fifty cent gallon, and you can go to CVS and pay five dollars for it. You're paying more, but you're 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 paying for convenience, and so it's the yeah, same thing. Yes, I, I was just huh. about you're paying for convenience. Isn't it? So you 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 know you're you're offsetting the cost by saving some time, and you're not you're not having to go through the whole rigmarole of like inspection, this and that. And some people they just want cash offers. They're like, give me a cash offer. I don't care if it's under market value. You know, I, I, the house is distressed and, you know, I, I don't want to go to market. So how so often if you, you go ahead, go ahead. It's, it's your question. Go ahead. <laughs> so if you're, you know, if you're trying to get a house uh, or buy a house off market, does it go through the same process of like, all right, we have to make sure that, you know, um, it has to go through inspections and, you know, there is a process to buy to purchasing a home, making sure that the buyer is covered. Do you still have to go through that process or do, is that now waived because it never went to market? No, no, no. It, it, the process still is taking place. Um, so that that's that's the beauty of it being an off market. Like there's several reasons why you want off market houses, because you can negotiate the price. You can actually realistically negotiate the price. Right? You can also try to get your concession in there for your closing costs so you don't have to pay them out of pocket. Uh, you can, um, negotiate the inspection items on a home inspection. Uh, if the appraisal comes back lower, right? Like let's say you, you offered 350 and the appraisal, which is a report that says from, uh, someone who's licensed to do, uh, comparisons of home sales, they, let's say they say it's worth 330. They can drop down the price that you can negotiate to drop down the price to 330 because the bank won't give you a loan on 350, the originally agreed upon price. So that's that's another thing that you can do is negotiate that too. Awesome. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And then opposite to that, which is even better, I, I did that for it's it's crazy. There's a two family that I'm under contract in, in Garfield where we offered uh, I probably shouldn't have said uh, who cares? It's supposed to close Friday. So. <laughs> I can't so I'm not allowed to disclose the prices until the the sale finalizes. But ah uh... But it doesn't matter. I've already said too much. Um, I could probably anyway. uh, like bleep it out or something. <laughs> don't, don't release this till Saturday. <laughs> ah, wait, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> but but anyway, so like that one, we're under contract. The appraisal came back at 
something like that. Meaning the value is higher yeah. than than what it, actually, yeah, please wait until Saturday. I just remembered why. Uh, yeah, wait until Saturday if you could. Because the, if the agent that knows hears this, she's going to get so upset because uh, we, we they wanted to go back to market because we were giving them a little bit of a hard time. And I was just like, listen, you go back to market, you're you're not going to get this price. And it's just like, you could probably get more. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So don't say anything. But yeah, so it's, it's, it, they got an extra 15. So buying this house, they made almost $20,000. Wow. Wow. So there's equity built up in the house already. So equity yeah. is pretty much like if you were to sell the house on the open market today, you would be able to turn a profit. That's essentially what equity is. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then going back to the another question that you had originally, Sharab, was refinancing. People, that's the beauty with the houses is like real estate, the minute that you start paying off and, and you, you make payments on your house, you know, it's almost, I think of it like a savings account. And what you can do is do a cash out refinance. Right? or uh, uh, a HELOC, a home uh, equity line of credit. So what you're doing is you're pulling money out of the house that you've already been putting money into. And I know you know it raises up your, your debt again and you, you have to start again from zero, but now you have this liquid cash that you can use to put as a down payment on another house. Yeah. Okay, I see. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like your, your house becomes your bank account? Exactly, and you're borrowing money with more borrowed money. I mean, America, am I right? <laughs> right, that's what it's yeah. the prime mortgage crisis. Like. The America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I hope, I don't know if you guys, Sirab, did you have one more question on, on real estate or? Oh, I was just caught up in the Mike's uh, answer or question. That was a beautiful question, though, I will say. Um, Thank you. Yeah. And, and Andre's equally beautiful answer, too. It was, it was a great answer. Um, I had um, to come up with it, man, because like I'm telling you, I'd get a lot of objections, and and I'd be like stumped. I'd, I mean, they're right. Like, how am I supposed to, you know, how are they supposed? Who like who in their right mind would sell and then pay the same amount, like pay an absurd amount of money? It just doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. one of the one of the ways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I do. Ooh. Patty, you have a question? Oh yeah, I was just gonna ask like if you had any thoughts, I guess, kind of like on uh, companies like. Like Zillow and BlackRock, like you know, manipulating the housing market in a sense, like the, with pricing and stuff like that. Um, I freaking hate Zillow. I mean, yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> right, right. Well, well I, 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 uh-huh, go on. You can go. You can go. Sorry. No, no, no. You, you, what, what were you saying? Did you? Did oh, you have to well, uh, no. I was gonna. I was gonna ask like, if you saw like the story. Um, sorry. Um, I guess essentially, like with their app, they were they were trying to, I guess, raise the price, like the the market values of like the houses that they had in order to make more money. Like, uh, but it, it was mostly like you know overselling a house in a certain neighborhood where they had a lot of other houses as well. Like, um, I don't know if you saw anything about that. No. Yeah. So 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 Zillow. I mean, Zillow is just like one of the most bizarre. I mean, honestly, I'm a little jealous because it's it, it's such a smart idea, mm-hmm. but it also it, it's it's been so. Uh, kind of toxic to real estate agents and their business in some ways. And in many ways, it's also helped because it's like the leading platform for where uh, consumers uh, go to purchase homes and view houses. But the reason why like, I don't like Zillow is because Zillow has these things that they coined as their Zestimate or their uh, idea of what a house is worth, right? And I don't know if you guys have seen the memes before or not, but Zestimates are incredibly inaccurate. Either they're uh, overestimating or underestimating the value. And very rarely are they on point. And so 
I think that if I'm not mistaken, they were Zillow was using like Zestimates as like their kind of like uh, holy grail. Like this is like the truth of as far as like what values were. And since they were over constant, most of the time they're overestimating values. They were purchasing properties. They were they were uh, having uh, a lot of liquidated cash. They were purchasing properties and hoping to flip or sell. And they ended up purchasing and buying them way over market value. And then when they tried to sell them, they realized that they couldn't get the numbers that they wanted for it. So they started taking a huge loss on, on all of these investment properties. And I think they ended up trying to sell them for like pennies on the dollar to like other local investors just because they wanted to try to, you know, try to salvage some of the cash that they had. But I mean, it, right. it's, it's crazy, man, because the reason why I'm really upset with them, but I, like I said, it's a genius idea. Like real estate agents fueled Zillow. Like Zillow was the platform that just houses all of the houses that we already list for sale. We have our own sites. Agents have their own sites that they use. We don't use Zillow. We use like a multiple listing service is what we call it. And we will allow Zillow to put the listing on their webpage. So they're getting all of our listings for free. And then what they end up doing is they charge agents to advertise on their page to advertise for listings that we're giving them. You know, so it's it's literally like they're getting free business and then they're charging us a fortune for it. I'll give you an example. I was paying almost $1,400 a month in just Zillow advertising at one wow. point. Fourteen hundred dollars. So should I close out Zillow then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I just it, it's it's so it, it's so wild. And you know what's crazy is that fourteen hundred dollars is not a lot. Like there's, I'm sure you guys have seen this guy before, uh, Rob, the uh, Remax guy. That it says. Uh, yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm sure. And if you haven't now, you'll probably drive by and you'll you'll start seeing him everywhere. He's on buses, mm-hmm. on benches, on billboards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw him. What are you talking about? That guy has to be spending at least, like maybe somewhere between seventy to eighty thousand dollars a month in in just Zillow advertising. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's wow. crazy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Damn. This guy. I mean, and he's got a huge team. But he spends way too much. And I mean, look, I mean, does he get and convert? I'm assuming. Otherwise, if it wasn't profitable or he wasn't turning a profit on it, he would probably have like stopped doing it. But um, it's it's insane how much money they get. So that's why I say like me paying fourteen hundred dollars is nothing to what compared to what they get from other you know, other agents in the industry. Mm-hmm. Right. And then at some point when you have like, let, let like you said, a team that large, it really doesn't make that much of a difference or it probably maybe for all we know it doesn't make a difference and it does help him make more money than what he could yeah yeah that's mm-hmm. exactly right right but i guess in terms of like what are you talking about is it was it their their zestimate whatever i guess they were you know over uh valuing houses on purpose to try to make more money but like you said like it ended up backfiring in their face like I know that was a big story, maybe like a month or two ago. Um, and I thought it was interesting. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it was honestly one of the biggest. Th- and agents were like kind of uh, basking in the glorious moment. Right. It was just like, fuck these guys, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, it, it, it is. It's kind of like one of the things that happens when you. And that's one of the things I love about real estate is that it's just not like right now I do residential sales. Um, you know, it's something that I, I, I like, I like connecting with people. Commercial is like a little more cut and dry, right? It's like, if the numbers make sense, if it's the size that I want, you know, I don't have to, you know, go crazy looking at it versus a house. It's like, can I see myself raising a family here? This and that, like the conversations are completely different, but with real estate, man, it, it is a, it is a big industry where you can get into like wholesaling, 
I do retail sales, right? But you can wholesale properties where you're selling properties at discounted prices. You can buy properties using creative financing where you're not even buying houses with loans anymore. I don't know if you guys have been seeing that. That's been something that's been trending a lot on like social media. People, yeah, like you I've see like someone 24 TikTok. years old. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen it on TikTok. You know, these guys are just <laughs> taking out, you know, other people's money, spending it and then trying to like sell it really quick before the before the cost of having to take out that money kicks in and you just make a ton of money. There's so many ways to go about it. Like there's creative financing. You can get hard money loans. You can get like no doc loans where you don't have to provide any sort of documentation. It, it's, it's nuts. Obviously there's things that change, right? Rates are different. A down payment, um, what you need to put as a down payment is different too. But that, that's one of the reasons why I like it. Like you can literally go and, and venture out into anything. Plus, I mean, I just Airbnb took out a uh, student loan for uh, for school. Maybe I'll just use that money to like try to flip a house or something. <laughs> <laughs> Do it, man! I'm telling you what. Um, Let me know. I'll, I'll send you the off market deal, though. Hey, let's go! <laughs> <laughs> no, Cash no, offer. Straight no. up. So I also wanted to ask you if you knew anything about, I guess, what uh, the company like BlackRock was was doing in terms of residential housing, like, like essentially just buying up all of it in order to just like rent it out and try to get people more like on that subscription like payment wave of just like not having people own anything anymore. Um, you know, Actually, uh, I hadn't you, heard much about BlackRock. I mean, I, I I might have to look into that, but I I didn't hear about it much. Where was it taking place? Uh, I think just in the United States in general. Um, you know, I think they're like investment management and that was kind of like their whole angle and, you know, like buying houses, not for, you know, residents and like families to live in, but more, more or less just because they're a bigger pump company and have a lot more money to invest and just, you know, take these, you know, houses that people want to own and just end up renting them or like leasing them. And, and like I said, have a constant, like, I guess, flow of income. Um, you know, I know this was big, like a few months ago. I don't really know where it ended up going, but, uh, yeah, it was kind of like that. I don't know. It was a thought, and it was something they were doing. Yeah, that's interesting. I I, I hadn't really heard or researched much into that, but that that mm -hmm. does sound super interesting. I mean, and and that's the other thing is like, you know, I I I didn't I wasn't raised. I didn't come from like a super wealthy family, and mm -hmm. I think going into NJIT like that sort of stuff, like I kind of started making the realization a lot more because there were some students. I don't know if you guys noticed that there were some students that were like, oh, you know, my mom's a doctor, my dad's a doctor. Like they come from like you know, white collar jobs and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. you know, I, I didn't come from any places with, with, you know, with that have generational wealth. Um, and so like you, with real estate, one of the things I like is that you kind of see things from a different perspective as far as like tenants and landlords, you know, affordability, like it, it opens up your life to like a whole different, different world where, where I think that that's uh, is something that kind of puts everything else into, into context and, per, and perspective. Mm -hmm. Right. I gotta sure. look into that, Pat. That that was pretty cool, I mean, and yeah. it sounds interesting. The story. Yeah, it's very interesting. I wish I knew more. And I could explain it better if it was in, uh, I guess, more terms that like I don't know, I don't understand. You know. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, it's. I, I'll I'll look into it though. I'll, I'm gonna read into that. Mm -hmm. Oh, one one other thing I was gonna say before, because I, I don't know if we're we're almost out of time here, but one other thing I was thinking that would be kind of like a cool idea for you guys would be like, I don't know if you guys would do like a weekly segment or something like that. You know, like a, like an idea of like, a, I don't know, talking about, it could be like having like a specific news story that you guys want to talk about because it's like funny mm -hmm. or, you know, or, or like, 
like maybe you can put and obviously you can't do that now because i don't know if you guys would be able to do it off the top of your head but <laughs> like asking a series of awkward questions to your guests you know like uh like impromptu kind of like rapid fire questions i think that would be pretty i don't know too. man i learned a little bit about your grooming habits i think that's good enough for me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That was your wild card question. Yeah. <laughs> well, in the one episode, we were gonna do uh, what is it? Ask Anthony anything or no? Anthony had uh, what's it? Called? Had a bunch of. Uh, I'm bringing them up. I'm bringing them quotes. up. Quotes. He had quotes or like poems or something that he was supposed to read every week, and we just forgot about it. I have one. Hold on. All right. Yeah, because it was brought up. I read one. Wait, so you, he brings up a quote, and then you guys talk about it, or what? Nah, we just kind of. No, he's like, just, all right, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's yeah. like motivational or self love, I'll I'll post it on my TikTok. Okay, okay. Let's, let's see. What, let's see what you got here. Shit, hold on. I gotta read through these. <laughs> he's on the spot. He's looking for like the least <laughs> embarrassing one. <laughs> I am. Um... Uh, Okay, 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 okay. I think I got one. This was back in 2018. And I think I mentioned before, most of these are on my drives home from school. So it's just like, I have music playing like in the background, but it's just like thoughts going wild. Okay, ready? Yeah. All right. I'm ready to embarrass myself a little bit. So what would happen if an unstoppable force meant immovable object? Well, the answer is simply nothing. The reason being, we live we live in an imperfect world. Because of this, it is impossible for two or more things to have the same exact "quote unquote" strength, which means that there is only one unstoppable force, which is also acts as the immovable object. That was Damn, good. that was good. That was, that was, that was deep. deep. That was very deep. Wait, did you write that, or this is a quote you found? No, these are things I come up with. Oh, you came up with oh, this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, it's just... An yeah. Grilisha original. Wow. 2018, they came up with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. 2019, well, some of them are from other people. Like, I have one from Sarav. Uh, on one of the podcasts, I actually uh, quoted Professor Grasman. And then another one from my grandma, but that was, that was just a little stupid. <laughs> but no, I'll probably get back to, to thinking about more stuff like this. Well, probably. Well, Andres is right. I think we should have like you know more like something a little structured in our show. Something like second. the no, yeah, no, our no, listeners we'll... can expect. Right, like the free for all is fun, but it definitely needs you know a little something, a little backbone. <laughs> I mean, listen, Joe Rogan doesn't doesn't do this. I mean, I don't know if you guys listen to Joe Rogan, but he's yeah. There's no that. Yeah, he has no structure, but then he has Elon Musk on the podcast. That's yeah, yeah, it's true. Like, what else do you need? I mean, obviously, from today's recording, we have someone better than Elon Musk. But you know what? Oh yeah, yes. There you go. There you go. I, I, I was waiting. I was like, man, <laughs> he, he pretty much said Elon Musk. He wishes he was here instead of me. But no, nah, I appreciate that, man. I no, we'll take you over Elon Musk any day. Yep. Sorry, Elon, if you're listening. <laughs> what if, but, he uh, if he is listening, you want to get it for next week? <laughs> yeah, <wow. laughs> uh, but no, um, I, I like the format you guys got, man. I, I think I think even just like the open freestyle like discussion is is pretty cool because the conversation can go pretty much any. I mean, you saw, yeah, in anywhere. any direction, <laughs> yeah, in <laughs> <that> every direction. 
That could be another good name for a podcast. Any direction. Any yeah. Hey, there you go. There you go. I got you. I got yeah, you. I don't yeah. know, man. I, I'm really liking just the tip. It's like borderline <laughs> sexual harassment charges, but like it's also kind of funny. Right. Like you, you just have to make like, the logo an iceberg, and it's like this is yeah. what I'm talking about, guys. In like, the shape you know. of a penis in the shape. Of a penis. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I promise. Is in like the smallest like text next to it. <laughs> right. There you go. And like yeah. nick it somewhere, you know, like make sure there's like a little, like, you know, <laughs> a, a little right. flesh wound. Like, right. That'll, yeah. That'll be, just in, that'll be an insider. If you didn't watch this episode, you're not gonna get it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Only the originals would know. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, listen, guys, it was, this was fun though. I, I mean, you know, thank you so much for having me on. Um, I really appreciate it, and I, hopefully, I gave you guys, uh, your listeners, um, some actual, you know, good content that they can you know, uh, listen to and, and play back if they need to. That was, I guess the pleasure yeah, was all sure. ours. You know, that this was a, you know, this was probably my favorite episode. You know, I really learned a lot, you know, mm. it, it we it's learned content very much that we can, what's that? I said, we learned very much about you. Yeah, no, I feel <laughs> like, you know, we had, we had capstone for two semesters, but we never really talked or like hung out. So I'm really glad, you know, we, we had this time. We'll definitely have you on again another time it's a good time i appreciate it guys no absolutely any anytime you guys want you let me know and i'd be more than happy to let us know when you get your podcast started we'll uh we'll plug you on our uh on our page and Mm -hmm. we'll support you man i appreciate that absolutely you oh that's right you guys are on spot that's where i listened i was gonna ask you you guys are on uh spotify are you guys on apple uh we're on apple podcast google podcast and because we're on those two platforms all the other platforms that gets to Oh, what just? Oh, oh, my camera went off. I don't know why. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, it just changed. All right. So anyway, yeah. because we do um, Apple and Google Podcasts, there's like a bunch of like third-party podcast apps that kind of just take their um, their their mm-hmm. podcast and put it on um, their own. So I think we can pretty much say that you know wherever you listen to podcasts, you should be able to find yeah. us. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I mean, we'll help you out. Um, we have a friend that that's actually coming on. Her name's Saloni. She's trying to get podcast started too, and you know we we're having her on uh, either next week or the week after. Oh, that's awesome! That's awesome. I'm gonna listen to it. I was listening yeah, to you guys high the other time, so it was it was a trip. I I I really had a good. I don't know, man. I was having so much fun listening to you guys, and I, I don't know what it was about Anthony's voice. I'm very so I'm I'm like really big. Is a weird fact. I'm really big on like listening to voices and very distinct voices. And Anthony's was just like I don't know. It was just it sounded so pitch and clear. And I don't know if it was the mic or what it was, but I was just like, it's the mic. Be- it, it, it's <laughs> Anthony. It's the mic. Yeah. <laughs> I was like Anthony Thank could be you. like a, a radio host or something. Oh man, <laughs> I don't I don't like my voice. Anthony, we love your voice. Andres loves Thanks. your voice. <laughs> but uh thank again thank you guys thank you so much for having me on and anytime you know i'm more than uh happy to jump on with you guys yeah thank you thank you for uh for being a uh, guest um thank you to our listeners for uh listening to this episode of uh, nickel for your thoughts um we are gonna put andres's um instagram for his uh real estate um page on in the caption of our instagram so uh be on the lookout for that post uh and we'll also put his uh personal on there because he 
so I'm big on like the motivational and self love stuff. He is actually a really big inspiration for me. Like, you guys may not see it in like the picture or for those who are watching this uh, on YouTube, but Andres is ripped. All right, you guys just don't, you guys just can't see it now, but he's actually ripped. No nah, man, like, <laughs> he's being humble so, now. He's just pretty weird. So much protein, bro. It's a, it's a secret. <laughs> Only protein. <laughs> Did you say you worked for GNC Health? Oh uh, yeah, 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 right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this has been another episode of uh, Nickel for Your Thoughts. Thank you for listening. Peace. Peace. Right, see you later. Later, guys.